Welcome everybody once again to the Low Key Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Aaron Lanton, and as always, I'm joined here with Tim Malloy and Keith Denny. Today we're going to be reviewing Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania. Spoilers ahead, so if you haven't seen the film, hop out right now. We're not going to waste a lot of time with the particulars. I'm going to assume you have been following the MCU to some degree, have some sense of what's going on, and know about Kang the Conqueror being the new uh, bad you know, for the MCU, uh, replacing Thanos, who made tons of really huge impressions on us when his first appearances. So this being Kang's technically second appearance, uh, first one being in the Loki TV series, everybody was pumped to kind of see what that would look like. Um, in this film, we follow Ant-Man and the Wasp, of course. Um, Cassie, Ant-Man's daughter, is fooling around. And it's built some, some sort of quantum device, which puts her and family into the quantum, uh, well, quantum realm? Yeah, quantum realm. Um, at that point, they get separated and a bunch of shenanigans ensue in which they eventually bump into our main antagonist, Kane the Conqueror, who's been trapped in the quantum realm after being subdued by multiple canes and trapped there. And it has been said, according to the memories that were witnessed, to have erased several timelines already um, by his own hands. So it's a lot to digest. So the way the movie evolves from there is pretty interesting. Uh, Keith, let's start with you and your thoughts. What did you think of this movie? Did it, um, you know, feel like a proper entry into MCU and an opening to phase five? <laughs> I feel the best way I can describe it is that I just feel very um, uh, meh, right there, you know, about it. It's not, um, it's not one of those things that it's like, uh, it's, it's super bad to a point where I'm like upset that it exists, but I'm also not like super excited by, about its existence, you know? Mm -hmm. one like because because i want to say the strongest point of the film is kang but that's only because like when you think like cinematically right like i i can't think of too many movies that have villains like this like in comic books you have villains that's very similar like these multi um these these um villains that travel from one dimension to another that these they're like these super villains um that's like a that their biggest power is that they're like super intelligent. And in this case, he's not only super intelligent, but he's also jacked too. So <laughs> so he's definitely been hitting the gym and he's been um, you know, studying up on quantum physics and everything. But anyway, um Kang is like the biggest selling point of the whole film. But as far as like the protagonist, as far as all the other characters, everything really kind of is very like flat to me. Um, but 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 I was thinking if you want to introduce Kang into the MCU, it's already been done. It was done perfectly in Loki. There was no point of introducing him in a Ant Man movie, honestly. And mm. if we we're going to do it. Um, the thing the thing I think is missing the most out of this film is is for lack of better words, it's just character, right? Mm -hmm. 
Okay. Like there, there are certain moments where I feel that like Scott Lang says things or does things and I don't see the connection to like what what is the real like importance behind it in a sense, you know. Like like one time when I really when it really kind of stood out to me it was when um when um her name isn't Janet, the, the wasp, let's the new wasp, right? Uh-huh. Um, yeah. When she came and saved him, and he was like, he oh. said something along like, "Like you came back." And I'm thinking to myself, like, why wouldn't she have came back? This, of course she came. Yeah, of course she came back. Like, like you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it made me feel like I there was something critical I missed. Right. <laughs> like a while ago, there was moments where I felt that way. Like I felt like there was something that I missed between the relationships with certain characters. Yeah, and it would make. It would make more sense if there was like a thing. Are there like, unresolved things the, from the previous Ant-Man movies that we're just not thinking about? But even if even if that was the case, that's that's kind of poor writing in a way, right? Like you you should still be able to come into a new movie without have seen any of the old movies and kind of have a good understanding of the dynamics, you know. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. It's, it's um, a baseline superhero that you go back and help your teammate, but also that's his teammate and his significant other like of course you would come back yeah and it and it, and i think it was just missing like some type of like connection between characters like we do understand like he wants to save his daughter and stuff but we don't i don't feel like i i feel the relationship between them the same as i felt it in the first movie for example yeah like where it was like he was like this complete fuck up right he in and out of prison and you know he's trying to do right by his daughter, you know, and he's trying to be, look like a hero in her eyes, and he finally does towards the end of the film, right? That's the whole big thing. Like everything else is like this big, mass, like all this superhero shit, right? But then at the core of it is it's that father daughter story. Can you please bring like it up again when when um I'm like um going after Tim because I, I there's something about what you just said I want to come back to it I don't want to uh, interrupt what you're talking about here. Yeah, and I and I don't the father and the daughter is there, but it's something about it, and and, and y'all could probably help me figure this out. It's something that I feel is like missing. Right. Yep, yep, because that, that's what I'm gonna get to. I, let's let's come back to. I want you to finish your point. So. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> you, don't, you don't feel a connection with the Cassie character because they recast her in like every movie. Yeah, that, that it would help if they. Would oh, they did that. recast. Yeah. Oh, so she's a different one than the one that was in like um the Avengers, right? And what was I, it? I just watched Endgame, and I'm pretty sure it's a different Cassie. And then obviously she was a little girl in the previous one. So that doesn't help. Yeah, it might. Yeah, maybe that's. Uh, maybe she's the same. In I don't even remember no more. I, I... Maybe yeah, that. Then there were some things that I did. I like it in a way, like it. Some stuff about it was a little fun. Or did you like Modok's face? Oh man, it was kind of funny and disturbing at the same time. I don't. I don't. I don't know why they decided to let Darren be. Oh, this is spoilers, guys. Uh, no. Oh no, we no. That's why I said thirty yeah, seconds yeah. in spoilers. Now we it's too oh, late <laughs> to let Darren be like Modoc. You know, I mean, that was kind of a, a surprise, but I don't even know if it was a cool surprise. It just was what it was. <laughs> um, which I, I I wasn't too messed up about that. It just I don't know. It it, it just kind of felt like a 
a waste of a villain in comparison to the protagonist that he was going against. You know what I'm saying? Like I think I think a good like protagonist antagonist relationship is when there's like some type of parallels between them, and then some type of way the antagonist makes the protagonist better in some type of way. Right. These two mm -hmm. have like no puzzle pieces that fit together at all. And it was weird to even see them fight because it seems like Kang would just destroy him. Like he did. Scott Lang, <laughs> yeah, that they, they, they were even like trading blows seemed ridiculous because Scott Lang isn't known as like a hand to hand combat guy. Right. Oh yeah, he got that ass whooped. No, but I I, I do Thanks, think uh, let's uh, I want to say more about that, but I I just want to I want to wait till till it's, it's my go. We, I, that's a great point. It's one of the reasons the movie's a little strange. Yeah. Now there's certain things I don't know why this movie reminded me so much of Stargate, right? And no yeah, you do, <laughs> yeah, you do. It, it's it, it's the, there's a point at which you're just like, damn, am I watching a a Star Wars Disney Plus show? Yeah. Because it looks like Tatooine, and then it looks like Mos Eisley Spaceport, and then they're going to, 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 you know, the same kind of spots. There's a bar they're going to. There's like the, there's the same kind of characters there, you know. A character like, who I almost swear is in Star Wars. Like he's like a, <laughs> he's like a fur face guy, and I'm like, are they just straight up just acknowledging it? Like this is our homage to Star Wars. Yeah, it's like, is there a Star Wars, like, is there, like, part of the multiverse where, like, Star Wars characters get blown into the quantum realm sometimes or something strange? I don't, like, honestly, that whole thing with just, like, a civilization and, like, revolutions happening, I'm like, why is this even here? Anyway, it's not my turn yet, but. No, I was just gonna say, like, that, and I wasn't even saying it reminded me of Star Wars, it reminded me of Stargate. I don't know if you guys remember that. No, I remember Stargate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just yeah. happened to say Star Wars because I'm like the literal design oh, stuff yeah. felt like Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It definitely did give me Star Wars vibes. But I, I guess it was this whole like kind of like this um interdimensional traveling and yeah, yeah, yeah. On that point. Uh-huh. And, and and I think I also always like gauge these movies off of like if I was a kid, would I like this movie? I would probably like it as a kid, you know. Mm -hmm. I, I would yeah, probably, my, my, my son loved it. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but as an adult and just considering like what kind of like a missed opportunity that was there, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. But then but then I'm also looking at the fact that like there's so many different versions of Kang, right? Like Kang isn't just like one singular villain so mm -hmm. you know maybe there's some more opportunities moving forward with how we will see him in the future you know and maybe this you know sets something up um because you know she he does question in the end if you make the right decision but i guess like i said it was just something about the characters and the con the connection between characters that just didn't feel there so all right, Tim, what about you and what you thought of film? I have the exact same complaint about characters, but I want to back into it or preamble into it by saying I'm just talking about this as a person who drove in the snow to go see this movie and take <laughs> 1575 and was like, this is my night off from the kids. Like, I, I have to, you know, it's tough to get out of the house sometimes and there's a lot of stuff I have to do that's piling up. And I was like, I'm going to devote two hours to this. This is going to be pure fun. 
And I was so disappointed. It was not fun at all. It was just not an enjoyable time. And mm. I think that's how I should review it, frankly, like not as like a person who is concerned about superhero movies versus other movies or whatever. Cause I like superhero movies. I like the Marvel universe. I grew up reading these comics. I am friends with Ant-Man in my mind. Um, I am order of the Marvel universe. Like I want these movies to be good. I really, really just want to be entertained and have a good time. And I just didn't. And the reason why I think, and what kept running through my head as I was watching it is, you know, movie depends so much on suspension of disbelief. And I just didn't buy anything that was happening at any point. First, because it takes place in this no gravity CGI gelatin world. <laughs> yeah. Nothing feels real, which is just, you know, the consequence of setting a movie in the quantum verse. But then the other problem is they really didn't set up stakes believably for anybody. Mm, yes. I don't know what Thank Kang you. really wants. I don't really know why Kang is Kang. I don't know anything about his origin or like what his motives are. I thought the line readings, I thought, I think Jonathan Majors is going to win an Oscar next year for a different movie called Magazine Dreams that's coming out sometimes. Oh, soon. okay. I think he's, yeah. he's a great actor. He's yeah, a yeah. great actor. And his, some of his readings make lines better than they otherwise. <laughs> because some of his deliveries are really cool and interesting and i think all the acting is really good and i don't ever want to say a movie is bad because obviously a lot of people did good work like the actors did good work and the vfx people did good work and i like the director i think peyton reed has done some awesome stuff before including the other ant-man movies and i love bring it on um like he's done some great stuff but this movie there's just a total disconnect from any kind of engagement with me as an audience member um, both because of the locale, the over-reliance on CGI and lack of anything feeling tangible and the lack of any emotional tangibility with these characters. The, their only motive really that I can get involved in is wanting to get out of the quantum realm. And I've already seen Janet Van Dyne get out of the quantum realm and I've already seen Skyline get out of the quantum realm. So that's not that exciting to me as a thing to build a whole movie on it's not like indiana jones and the temple of doom where i really don't know how they're going to get out of this one you know what really sucks about what you're saying too is and and please don't don't forget where you're going with that i just want to mention that both of you guys have said that this movie's like real and true motivation is just trying to get out of the quantum realm and with the and, and similarly in a funny way, this is one of the issues they have with, with the Spider-Man movie because I, I was massively entertained by that movie. But if you think through that movie, at the end of the day, like it, the central conceit is Peter wanted to get into MIT or not cheat his way into it or whatever it was, and like that's why everything happens, and that's kind of a dumb way for that to go. Or like for that to be the central way some of the stuff functions. The thing that really sucks about how things work is the movie actually wants you to think about really the because the, the characters even emphasize it the issue is you don't want Kang getting out of the quantum realm because if he does you think he's going to go conquering everything but what? we kind of don't even care about that because they kind of don't care about it even like it's weird watching Scott be present when their very presence they're being told him is coming him is coming and so him shows up so people start dying and Cassie's kind of right. Cassie's like, all these people are dying, and you're like not even responding as a hero. Like, you don't even, it's not even clicking to you people are dying. You're just like, I just need to fucking run and get out of here. Like, it's, it's just also, really. Like, 
we don't know exactly what Kang is going to do. We know he's going to take over the other civilizations, but there are so many other Kangs. Apparently, he already has taken over these other civilizations. And at one point, I was just thinking, what are Kang's powers? Like, he's doing, mm -hmm. like, laser blasts or something. He's doing all this stuff. He can fight. He can travel through dimensions. But he needs Janet Van Dyne to, like, fix his ship. And he it's needs goofy. Janet Van Dyne to fix the core. Like, he needs these people to accomplish fairly simple tasks. And I know those aren't, like, simple tasks, like, you know, to a normal person, but this is coming after a movie where the Avengers reverse the death of three trillion people. So, like, there's a lot of stuff that can happen in the Marvel universe. Like well, and and even even what he said, like, this is this is why you gotta be careful with these overpowered things, or like the kind of thing, like the scope of powers you give people. Kang says to, um, um, oh my goodness, to Janet. She fixes the thing, like the whole part of the whole thing. After she fixes the ship, she's like, she's seeing all these memories. And he's like, Look, I can take you home. Time isn't what you believe it to be, or however he words it in the great ways that Jonathan Majors delivers lines. Yes. And so you get the impression, well, shit, if something goes wrong, it just reverse time or whatever the hell he needs to do. But I guess he has to be out of the quantum realm for that to be a thing. I don't know. Um, perhaps that's what it is. But, so but there was this moment. You banished him there, I guess. I just realized that from talking with you. Oh, say that again one more time. The other Kangs are the ones who. Yeah. Him. Yes. Okay, that that, well, that, that's what they say. That explains why another Kang wouldn't come save him. So that that's helpful. Yeah, and actually, the th man, I, it was funny because like I was doing my best to just suspend disbelief and just enjoy the movie for what it was because like my wife's there, my son's there, they're just kind of vibing. So I'm just like, right, I'm gonna just kind of like let it go. But man, it was so funny because <laughs> so Kang, of course, like he could take them all out. He chooses not to. He, he's like, let's see what they do or what happens, right? The like the unnecessary villain thing, right? I'm I'm entertaining, like basically, like I'm gonna just toy with them because it doesn't matter what happens. Anyway, so Ant Man shows up bigger than we have ever seen him, and he goes, Kang, you broke our deal, and I was like. Yeah, actually, like, wait a minute, why did he break the deal? Like, why is this happening? <laughs> what? He, like, he does have what he asked for, and now he's, like, what, being weird about it? Like, it's just like a power trip. So then, like, as I'm having this thought, like, and he starts, you know, having the giant man um, attack thing happen, the ships show up, and they start shooting them, and I was like, well, wait a minute. Kane just said, I'm gonna leave with my whole fleet and we gonna start taking over, but like they shooting that man, and that man basically is going, oh, like this tickles too much. Somebody come help me! But like it's not really hurting him. I was like, what is happening? Like I know he's supposed to be like a giant, so like he's more durable, but like he's getting shot a lot, and he's not dying. What is going on? <laughs> it it made it feel because like, what Janet saw was a man who was blasting timelines apart like they don't exist anymore and he can't build ships that hurt ant-man even though he can flick them and he hurts i just didn't really understand like the power scaling like it kept not making sense and then when you basically make a joke of the man by having him getting taken down by an army of ants it just feels silly i thought he took down timelines yes yes are we telling jokes or are we doing a movie we can do both. We can do a little both. Well, then but... when he gets beaten by one of the weaker superheroes in the Marvel universe, <laughs> with no backup, yeah, in the first installment of the new of the new 
phase. His his backup was the wasp. I but, know but you know what? But, but look, just think about it. Once <laughs> in, in, in that in that Fifth Avengers movie, I remember sitting the because I saw it in a theater like everybody else probably, and I remember my son saw it for the first time. He had the same reaction. So we in the theater, the movie starting. They on the spaceship. We don't know what's finna go down. All we know is a lot of people. It was on because I hadn't actually seen that Thor movie, right? The that third one. So I didn't even know what the hell was going on. Just all these ass guardians in space. And then Hulk's in up there, like trying to well up on Thanos. Thanos was like, man, let me take this off right quick. And just gave him the business. And we were in the theater, like, oh my God, whoa. And then he had to be sent away. Everybody else getting murked. I was like, yo, this is serious. We gotta, we need some help. And so when my some- son saw it, he was he was damn near crying. He's like, oh my god. He was like, <laughs> he's like, he was like, fine. You need a thing that'll make kids cry at the start of the movie. He said, yeah. oh my god, man, How, can they beat him? I said, I don't know, son. We gotta see what happens. We saw what happened, but the intro of him actually first meeting face to face with some heroes, like he is serving Hulk. Hulk didn't even show up to fight ever again. No, it was done. Yeah. It was done. Great. That's how bad he whooped his ass. Good old days back in 2018. <laughs> and now <laughs> an army of hit of ants that came over thousands of years in the quantum realm just never found evolved to the point where they build some extra technologies they become these the strong exoskeleton motherfuckers they create their own lasers and shit they got their own um uh level two technology or society whatever they call that stuff and they're just blasting away at king and i'm just like is, it, is this like a, a hologram, Kang? Or like, what's happening? But that's why I said may, maybe one way of looking at it is that it's just so many Kangs. But to y'all point, though, if if he's coming off to be like the big bad Kang, like the Kang that they... Because that they wanted to kill. He said, you wish that was you that did it. Right. And and so they exiled him, exiled him to the quantum realm because he was dangerous, because he was powerful. And to your point, like, how is he destroying these whole... It, what, you know what? I think I understand now. I, I'm, I must have, we must have missed, I missed out on a tidbit. Whatever that thing he needed to power up his ship, that's probably what gave him the power to destroy whole timelines. I mean, look, I believe that, but it was active. It was active at the time that the ants got to him? Yeah. That's how he had launched the whole. Remember, he was like, "Prepare the, you know, to launch or deploy or whatever." He said, and he was, and then all the stuff starts whirring around. It's because he he puts the little yeah, ball into the thing, and all the stuff powers up. Look, man, I I thought about that too. No, nah, it ain't that. I think Janet broke the core, and then Scott fixes the core. But somehow, King can build an entire giant civilization faster yeah. than he can fix that core. Which maybe it's a. I, I don't know, maybe, but I don't remember Scott having like any special mechanical expertise either. What well, the he got the pin particles. So just the pin pa- particles just magically do that because I thought they just shrunk stuff and grew. The pin particles were necessary to both. I mean, like it's it from even from the silliness of, of these universes, this makes some sense. Not everybody can make pin particles. They like this have this very particular thing. Um, but even if you 
know how to make them. You got to have the material to material to do. And if you don't have the material, it don't matter if you know how to do it. But it seemed like it seemed like Kane would both have the material and be able to make them. You can't. I mean, if you don't have material, you just don't have it. If you're in the quantum realm and that stuff isn't available, it's just not. Oh, I see what you're saying. He just, you know what I mean? Like, it, like you, you get out of knowledge that you know you did you know, and if you don't have what you need, it don't matter. Yeah, because he would definitely have a knowledge on how to make him particles. I Probably, say. yeah. But even in 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 the MCU, pimp particles are rare. That's that was the whole thing about the time travel and that and all the Avengers stuff was you got to have enough pimp particles to do it. We only got a few. We can only do this many time jumps or whatever they were saying. So, so it would track, you know. Yeah. Okay. So that makes sense. But yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. There's there's certain um I don't know. <laughs> like I said, and, and some stuff I can accept if it wasn't for like just not feeling like that connection with the characters mm -hmm. that kind of would, would bring me more into the story. Some things I could be like, yeah, that's stupid, but um, you know, whatever. You, you know what's fascinating about this whole thing, though? Like, Phase 4 and the start of Phase 5, it's like watching Warner Brothers when they were trying to start the DCEU. It's kind of weird, because, like, the story... It's a little shaky. They kind of... They, like, they all... They try to shove in things and make them connected, but they're so... Like, the stories are so kind of far apart from each other. Like, they might as well not even be involved with each yeah, other awesome. at all in many ways. But then so, they, the way they mix mix don't make sense. After the snap blip or whatever you like to call it, it's kind of hard to kind of top that sometimes. I think yeah. that's I, I was I kinda... watching Endgame right before this, and they resolved like 10 years of movies so successfully mm -hmm. in those in Endgame and Infinity War. Mm -hmm. They just have to like reboot the whole thing. And they haven't yeah, eventually successfully at all. Like it's it felt it's felt really adrift since then. There've been a couple of one-offs that have been good, but there hasn't been like a driving narrative that's been as anywhere near as cool. Well, as... see, that's the thing. They haven't. There's not like really a. If you go back and look at how they were doing it at the beginning of the MCU, the ways that those movies built on each other was so intentional. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like it might not have always made a ton of sense and they would retcon stuff all the time. But once they got a flow and they were like, we're definitely doing this, each of these things will build on each other. Like this movie will reference this movie will reference things from the last one. And so you'll you'll gain things as a fan by coming to each one. That's not really present the same way, partially because it's much more of a TV focus mm -hmm. um, in this current strategy. And like for example, there's nothing in this movie that has anything to do with Moon Knight or She-Hulk or like you know you go through all the stuff, and I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing, but I, I think what's missing at the moment is not only do these movies in in TV shows not like they don't always feel connected to each other, but it feels as if they just don't. Well, and I don't feel like all these things do. I think like the Ten Rings movie kind of does this pretty successfully, but overall, like Absolutely. I feel like they don't tell their own like even though they don't feel connected to other thing, other things, they don't even tell their own story all the way. Like I don't feel like this Ant Man movie, not at all, really tells us anything about the character or yeah. like he loves his daughter. We knew that already. Okay, 
Like, I mean, literally nothing he did. Oh, this is what I was going to mention. It's the, the weird thing about this movie is like it. It's like everything he did was only solely driven by the idea of I need to protect my daughter, which it was weird to see a hero just never consider the entire multiverse. And this is somebody who's like a genius intellect itself. So for him to never have like that scientific curiosity was just very strange in many ways, but also to just be so, to not even like have that thing of like, I have to balance being a hero and being a parent at the same time. Not that those things even have to conflict, but my motivation is just, just simply to my daughter, but also to like, you know, like all of existence within my universe. It, the waters are so muddy because like even when he's neglecting Cassie, he's neglecting her and she's arguably doing good things. Like she's yeah. going out and protesting to help people without homes. Stuff like like she isn't like a total fuck up, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the, and doing good. yeah, I don't know. And like no, oh, the, the movie just it it doesn't earn a lot of the things it ends up trying to do. Um, I don't know, man. Like, is I don't I don't want to just rag on it because I don't have a ton of positive things to say. There are things about it that I do like, and I I actually do really like parts of the humor. In fact, you know, after everything was done, the hardest I laughed was when he was walking down the street again, and he's like. Yeah, we got rid of Kang. Everything's all good. Well, wait, wait, wait a minute. He said if I, I got rid of him that more Kangs would come in and that it, it would definitely destroy everything. That's probably fine, though. <laughs> Excuse me. I like that. Yeah. Maybe in the coffee shop um, from I Think You Should Leave. Oh, yeah. Was, that guy's really funny. Yeah, I don't It like I like the humor in many ways. I also dislike it at moments. Like, I kind of... The other thing I'm kind of not sure about is, like, tonally... In the same way, like everybody saw about like the brooding shit in the DCEU and the run that it had. I mean, obviously, like they're turning a new leaf with the things that are happening with uh, with James Gunn at the helm. But, and I'm sure like they'll still have some humor. But there were like times where it would be so dark and brooding in those movies. It was like, wow, like it was just known as like being gritty and grimy for no reason. And the palettes were always really dark. And it was like, why are they like going so hard that way? And now Marvel's got this thing where, you know, uh, Love and Thunder worked, but now they just like won't stop doing every Ragnarok, movie like Ragnarok, that. Ragnarok worked. I, 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 I said Love. I mean, I meant Ragnarok. Excuse me. And you, um, but but it was it was more. So I think when when Marvel does it right, it's the most enjoyable time you can have in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like I think the first. I think Gardens of the Galaxy is a perfect example. Totally. You can love both Gardens of the Galaxy. And 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 I think part of it is that there's certain things I'm able to accept because I like the character so much. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I yeah. want to hang out with these people in outer space and go on missions with them. I care about what happens to these characters. Mm-hmm. That changes everything when you care about what happens to the character. It's just like what you had said at one point about One Piece. Um, the the characters, especially once you get their backstories and then you know their motivations and stuff, it makes you care about them a lot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you want to see them succeed. 
you you if they're in a situation where they're in peril, you want them to to come out, you know, regardless mm-hmm. of what that is, right? Yeah, but whether they like, make it or not, they could fail, and that that has a whole nother sting to it. Right, but, right. but if they make it, it feels really good, you know. <laughs> and and the Last of Us plays with that a lot too. Right, and I think with with Guardians, I think they they find a good balance between comedy and and drama with with like actual high stakes. Mm-hmm. Like most of those villains are villains that can literally, in some type of way, destroy the galaxy, incinerate, yeah, incinerate. Like they they want to burn everything down for whatever particular reason, right? Yeah, and and then you got a ragtag group of people who wind up being heroes. And it's just something. And I also might just have a, a thing in my heart for like ragtag groups that get together that's not like your <laughs> conventional heroes, but they do heroic shit. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> I, I kind of got a thing for that anyway, but I feel like they they pull it off well because of, of the characters. And, and, then it's, and then it's also like some deeper story somewhere. Well, and that's why, you know, uh, Suicide Squad, it was weird watching the two different versions of it. Like, I am still shocked that Warner Brothers is like, all right, we made one. It's, it didn't do well. Let's try again. Like, that is, that almost never happens. At least, like, not so close. I mean, I, I think these movies are probably like six, seven years apart. So they're pretty close. Uh, yeah. And it's kind of fascinating to see the differences in tone and approach. Um, even some as simple as like deciding not to have Joker in it, which I think is a fantastic idea. Joker doesn't have to be in every damn thing. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's it's really cool to just see the differences in execution. I even think the first one could have worked, it, you know, but, you know, just some stuff didn't quite come together, including the Joker stuff. Uh But I, I don't know, man. It's subtle decisions sometimes that make all the difference and, and tonally you have to really be confident in what that means for your story. Like it is, it's just strange to take like the quantum realm and all its possibilities that really have a lot of like consequential matters for like the, like all of existence, like it, as it's known within this, this medium for, for those characters and they're just like, eh, I mean, like, no big deal. It not, just, not really. There's no know. even, like, there's nothing that even makes sense about the quantum realm in terms of rules. It just feels like everything's made of jello. Like, <laughs> it's not like, oh, gravity is different here, so everything is sort of flat. Or, like, well, oh, like things are just weird to be weird. Oh, buildings are alive. Your buildings aren't alive. Right. And it's, it's like, it's like wait a minute, like, are people just born here? Like, y'all got, like, just things I just do, like watch everybody, because it's like you would think people would look more uniform if right. they just had this whole society down there. It's not like they have like all these different plans. Like they kind of live like on this. It's not like continents yeah. and continents away from each other. They seem like they live like in a decent amount of, of you know space n- nearby. I don't know, man. Like it, it doesn't make a lot of sense for these characters to all have no clue what certain things are. Um, especially since they can drink juice and all speak the same language off of that, which was cute. That was a fun was little cute, idea. But it doesn't seem like they were that miserable under the Kang Empire. <laughs> like that they're having like fun parties. They're having like Burning Man. 
Yeah, like I don't. It, it doesn't like give the impression they're like so oppressed. I'm, and again, like yeah, he apparently is working if they step down the line, and maybe like they don't have enough people who, you know, pay a fee or enough people who drive into the office, whatever that situation is. I don't know, but they don't center yeah, you, you enough in you that. You're right. You never see anything happen that make you sit, say like, "Damn, these people really are oppressed." That's what the, the, the movie the point about King. When Kang beats the Hulk, you're like, I'm sorry. When Thanos beats the Hulk, you're like, holy shit, this guy is a total badass. And the most evil thing you see Kang do in this one is like he levitates Cassie and drops her in a way that looks pretty uncomfortable. But it isn't like, oh, this guy's this guy's terrible. Now, wait a minute. We did see him destroy timelines. But that's so hypothetical. Oh, really? Like, you, you don't see people actually die, though. It's you like, kind of do. It's like, so like, fast. Like, with yeah. Thanos, for example, like, even when Thanos went to, like, Gamora's home planet mm -hmm. and had 50% of those people lined up and shot, like, Horrible. you knew that this guy is, is bad news. You so, knew so he was like, bad news because of the people that did stuff on his behalf in the other movies, you know. But, see, what I'm but, but so this is what's frustrating about the movie. That like in my head, I'm 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 I am interpreting something that the movie chooses not to show for no fucking reason at all. Like they had the Fantastic Four in the last movie, but they won't show any instances of Kang actually killing other heroes. Now he mentions he's killed. He's like, they all blur together. Like, the, all this delivery stuff he's doing. Really <laughs> like, and then, of course, he knows this ain't man, but he's messing with him, you know, and calling him Thor. And, you know, I mean, I thought all that was cute or whatever, but uh, what was my point? Why would we even bring this up? They could, um, show, an, they could show an alternate reality. Thor yes, yeah. You, you could show him, like, when, when Jane is looking at these alternate realities, actually taking out some of our, you know, it could be CGI versions of the heroes that we knew. From, it could be like, people who look like from the last MCU, but it's a different multiverse, but like Tony Stark's getting blasted away and it's it's Robert, De you yeah, know, you can, Jr. And that, that, yeah, that. you could have uh, now Tom Cruise as Tony Stark. Oh, Lord. Yeah, sure. That Whatever. What happened in the, last, in the last one? Yeah, I mean, like, that's the thing. You could do fun things there. Hell, look, if you wanted to, you could make, uh, you could put, uh, oh, my God, I can't think of his name. Dude who was War Machine at first, and then... Curtis um, Howard. Yeah, you can have Tanner Tower be, be Iron Man. <laughs> Tanner Tower be Iron Man get blasted away. Just have fun with it. Like, just whatever. Do, do whatever you want to do. But, like, make it fun. Make it silly. Like, but show he's evil, right? Like, but they don't. Like, that's the thing. Like, they, they don't, like, linger on on the, the things that are literally right in front of us that are that critical. And I, I imagine it so I understand the gravity of the moment. But, like, the movie doesn't do it. It, it chooses not to show it, which is strange. Yeah, it's it's tail when you have an opportunity to show. Yeah. Instead of telling, that's that's that what's that that's that old rule you gotta show it on tell. Yeah, you you know like you literally could show us blasting away stuff. You could cameo Wolverine and blown away or whatever. You can show the mutants in some other universe. Whatever, have fun with it. Just show a skeleton with three claws and people go bananas. Yo, I'm saying though, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh anyway, it's frustrating. Man, when um, Billy was just Bob on a wheelchair. Thorne, when Billy Bob Thornton killed those dogs in Fargo, I automatically knew this man was evil. Yeah, uh, it's it got to be something. You got to show him do something. Oh and, man, right, he doesn't do. Yeah, it was a pencil trick.
Joker, like the thing with uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Brando, yeah, no, was... no Country for Old Men. You're just like, this is a terrible person. Yo, that pencil trick, man, I remember watching that in the theater. Everybody said that. Oh, <laughs> nobody that was, was ready for that. I forget who said that you need a villain who keeps his promises. I don't remember what mm-hmm. little bit of scary wisdom that was, but you need a villain who says, I'm going to kill that cat. I'm going to put mustard on this sandwich. And then they have to put mustard on the sandwich. Yeah. A cat sandwich. <laughs> when, when catnip on the on the sandwich, that just sound like a whole other thing. <laughs> Call the catnip mustard. Uh, start, yeah, it's certain stuff like that. You're right, yeah. We never really get that with Kane, which is disappointing. Well, okay. Now, look, look. Hold on. See, look, we're saying that. And I, I just want to be clear. Look, because the movie doesn't care about these people, y'all don't either. But he did come down and shoot a bunch of the, the village people. Whatever they call themselves. They're made of goo. Like but, they have no personalities. But also <laughs> also with that being said, would even someone that's like in D D terms, like chaotic neutral, like that's like <laughs> not necessarily evil. They would probably have done the same thing if you was attacking a tower. Like it wasn't like on some like I'm just yeah. gonna people village and start killing. I know, them. yeah. I mean, that's what was like. I kind of didn't even like. I was like, I don't even feel like he being that evil right now. Like, yeah. I'm, it's, it, 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 and then he let them run away. Like, I feel like he he could have killed them. But that's like, what I'm it, saying. Like he chose not to like do certain yeah. stuff. He killed CGI gummy bears, is what he did. <laughs> CGI gummy bears. Man. Yeah, that was a lot of CGI. Like, and and that's always weird because you know that the actors when they act and they ain't respond that to anything. I think I think I was talking to y'all about this, and I felt so bad. I was watching this thing with um with um Ian McKellen was talking about like he cried a couple like he had like nervous breakdown like these breakdowns when he was on set for The mm-hmm. Hobbit because because all the CGI and stuff. So he's sitting there having a conversation oh, by yeah. himself in a green screen room. And, and and then it make you think like, bro, this they didn't have to do that. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, other than you trying to cut costs, like, but just build a stage, you know, build, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like they did all of this and board of the room. You decide to be cheap towards the hobbits, you know what I'm saying? Emotional experiences I've ever had in a movie theater are between Mark Hamill and a little puppet. Mm-hmm. Like things that that Frank Oz says as Yoda, that little creature with like a hand going up the back of its little three foot body, are so incredibly effective and moving, and it's mm-hmm. so much better than this like CGI nonsensical video game stuff. Like they don't need to do it. Just like when I um Jurassic Park. The first mm-hmm. Jurassic Park is freaking terrifying. Amazing. Because because you know they're responding to a real thing. You know what I mean? Like I some of the animatronics. The animatronics. The, the yeah. sound design is so good. Like when the when mm-hmm. the T-Rex comes through and like that ripple of the water, like when you see the water ripple, you believe that T-Rex is real. Mm-hmm. I saw that yeah, movie it's... high. I saw that like my friend was like, We're smoking weed and then we're seeing Jurassic Park. And <laughs> First, I know there's some CGI and there's some practical effects in that movie, but I was like, oh, what's going on right now is we are looking out a window at actual dinosaurs. 
That's right. what it felt like. I was. I was like, this is just, we're just seeing real dinosaurs because they couldn't have faked this. This is so real. Yeah, and then I remember as a kid seeing all the behind the scenes stuff and how they did it and just being amazed. I was just like, these people are geniuses. I think it's something about, you know, using CGI and where it works. But maybe it's this whole, like, throwing CGI on top of CGI on top of CGI. Just like, for example, like, I think for the most part, certain people look great. Characters look great, CGI. Like you look like Rocky Raccoon and Garden mm-hmm. But then that's that's they look better when everything else around them isn't completely CGI. But once yeah. else, like you said, like what's the differentiation between them and like video game characters? Man, I bust out laughing though. I was like the whole time watching the movie, I was like, man, why this shit like spy kids? Man. So bad. <laughs> It's funny. And, I, and, and not even saying like necessarily in like a huge negative way. It's just something about like the way, I mean, because they're not in a real location. And it's like that whole kind of like reddish orange hue in the back with everything going on all the time. Um, God, the movie does things like I just think a lot of the, the visuals are pretty impressive, especially that scene where they're doing the um, uh, what they call it, the probability storm. Yeah, I mean, the VFX artists did a good job. They really did. And the problem is, like, I, I was mad at some of the, not mad, but I was frustrated by some of the edits where I went, that felt a little abrupt or a little weird. But how do you even direct this movie? Like, mm-hmm. you have a few people saying their lines in a little green suit against a green background and then getting a bunch of stuff added on top of them. And then you have all of these effects and fake creatures added on later what are the dailies? What are you seeing? I mean, I guess like the, the question yeah, has to be still like, why? Why does that little? What's the point of even having that whole society thing going on? Like, how does that help or develop the situation or bring us closer to character or strengthen our understanding of the world or? provide any sort of clarity as to the circumstances in which somebody can live or that atmosphere or anything like I don't learn anything by being in the presence of all these different sorts of people that have built these societies that fight against Cain I don't I don't learn anything about and I, I don't even know if like those people who act as his soldiers are robots or people from those societies yeah, clones he's made I don't know nothing I, at first, I thought they were robots, and then some made me think that they were like people in some type of way. Yeah, probably because they respond to people talking to them, which yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know what the hell those things were. But but like a lot of these things are unnecessary. Like I I just the, I, think the movie, so. I think the civilization only exists just to give the character something to do. But, yeah. but like even this whole thing with it, like him is. Him, him that's when i was like oh my god this movie is not going to be written very well because like there's no re like as an audience we know they're talking about kane like we know that before we even get into the theater because we've known about kane for years so for you to then have a sitting in, and I, I you can't have a movie sit as a standalone experience but there's no reason for janet not to just straight up say it's kane because she could say kane and they'll have no clue the fuck she's talking about there's no reason for her to be saying him they could do one Kaiser Solsei speech, you know, from Usual Suspects, where they're like, these guys broke into his house, they held his wife and children hostage, 
and said they would kill him unless they gave in to his demands. Kaiser Solstay killed his own wife and children to refute in order to stand up to these attackers. Like, so you're like, holy shit, Kaiser Solstay is a bad motherfucker. Yeah. Not messing with them. They could tell one story about Kang and like save a hundred people going, it is he whose name must not be said aloud. His yeah. name who rhymes with rain. Beware. He yeah, is coming. It is his shadow. And yeah. again, to yeah. y'all point, is he like taking the people and like taking with their minds and making them soldiers? What the fuck are they so scared? We don't even know what he's doing that has them so concerned. It's just, it's just like when you to the point of what you said about Kaiser Sosa, that's just like Voldemort and Harry Potter, right? Yeah. We, know, we know his crimes before he even shows up, you know. Mm. A big part of his crime is something that affected Harry, the boy who the boy who lived, right? I don't know why every time I say the boy who lives, I, I think about when, when Voldemort said, the boy who lives comes to die. <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't know why I think that's one of my favorite villain lines. When but they anyway. explain Hannibal Lecter, how one day he complained of chest pains and was taken from his cell. When the nurse took off his wrist cups to take his pulse, he bit her and ripped out her tongue. His pulse never rose above 75 or whatever. Right. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. it's fucking ridiculous you don't need him doing you don't need him making snivelly scary noises all the work is done all the work is done they didn't set the, they didn't set up king they just didn't set him up well they they did set him up in material that's not this material and then but he was kind of nice in loki yeah well, but he, that, that wasn't that loki so yeah. I don't know. It's just like when you're playing with with like variants, as they put it, you just have to be. You want to give each of them their proper due. Like none of the variants. If 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 one person, one of these variants is a great conqueror, and this other one happens to be one too, they can't seem incompetent, right? You know. So if they ask for favors, the favors need to make sense. Overall, I think the favors in this movie make sense. But once they kind of get what they are shooting for, they're MacGuffin. They can't be getting beat by Ant-Man by itself. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, that, you can't do that. That that's a, It's a bad writing decision. There should be a contingency plan that the heroes understand that they put up a valiant effort, but it was not enough. Not because, um, you know, of anything other than the fact that this is supposed to serve a larger purpose in this singular story. And if that's the case, then the decision made here was a poor one to have him be taken down by any singular hero, in particular Ant-Man, who couldn't give a fuck less about the multiverse and only really cared about saving his daughter, does not care about the other part in fact can you guys clarify something because i was in the in the movie with my family and now i'm realizing i don't understand something so like did they make it okay i thought janet not janet excuse me hope and scott got stuck on the other side of the quantum realm but they made it back right because he's walking around second guessing himself going to baskins and robbins yeah but how did they make it back no, they they opened up uh, another portal. I guess his daughter. Did we see that happen? Yeah, Cassie and Janet opened up another portal that they were able to walk through. 
Yeah. Like it's gonna right. but 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 I don't know why they made it seem like they weren't gonna be able to come back. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. I don't, no I don't, stakes. Yeah, like I I guess it happened so fast, like and I was so busy rolling my it eyes. So fast, busy. like they literally just walked out. I'm thinking they finna get like a celebration thing like um that happened at the the end of a new hope where mm -hmm. Chewbacca wasn't recognized, he didn't even get a fucking note. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was gonna be one of those. But now they just walk back through. I can never that get over it. Cool. That's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's I ain't gonna lie. That's what I was hoping for. <laughs> that would have been so dope. That was about like y'all just stuck in the quantum realm and y'all just heroes of the quantum realm. That's what I thought. Do you think or, that's why Chewbacca was going like, Rrr! or 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 not? Not excuse me, not even that. Sorry, I just want to be more clear about what I meant. Maybe I was mixing up stuff what you were saying. I thought they were going to step through a portal. And when they stepped back through, they saw all the faces they expected to see, both Scott and, and Hope saw faces they expected to see, but they didn't recognize them. There was just characters from Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Yeah, almost like, yeah, like situations like that. Yeah. They were like, like, like the universe, it looks the same, but those aren't their people. Like, yeah. it, it, they're in a different universe. They they're the have... same people, but they, all, they don't have any experiences with them. They're all purple jello creatures. That would be amazing. Oh, I wouldn't even go on that far. The writers, they, the writers, they should have watched. They should have just took notes with Rick and Morty or something. Well, <laughs> the writer is a Rick and Morty guy. Yes. The writer was a guy from Rick and Morty, which is fucking crazy. They had one writer on this one. And a big complaint that I have about this one is this is the only one that Paul Rudd didn't have anything to do with writing. And I feel like oh. as the guy who plays... Scott, he must have at least thrown some good lines Scott's way. And I think that went a long way towards like establishing his personality because Paul Rudd has so much goodwill and is such a just like seems like just a likable dude that oh. I think some of that comes through in Scott Lang. And I think that having him not, you know, contribute a little bit more to the personality of Scott Lang did hurt the movie. That would make a lot of sense. This is like when I was complaining about watching you people and realizing. They got Eddie Murphy on this damn movie, and they didn't change any of the script. <laughs> that oh my god, that 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 is gonna forever bother me. I just I I just cannot believe that. Anyway, yeah, that that explains a lot, and that that's I think a good place to close. Yeah, uh, goodness gracious. Um, I don't we even I don't like know what the next. By the way, looking at us on the Zoom, we're like Jesus. Oh. <laughs> Like it was an ordeal to watch Ant Man. It wasn't that bad, but no, like... it, it it in a vacuum, just watching it, the movie entertains. But like, as far as accomplishing what it's supposed to do for the MCU, I I, I don't think it accomplishes that. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. No, that's frustrating. But uh, anyway, man, uh, I think we've wrapped up everything we got to say about. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Um, any closing thoughts? Um, I know we have to go, uh, but the next cover of Movie Maker Magazine will feature someone who appears in this movie. That's my Ooh. promise. Oh, wow. Boom. Um, I'll just yeah. say, just just wait if you guys haven't seen it. Um, see it, but just wait till it comes out on Disney+. Plus. Yep, uh, that's that's not bad advice. Uh, and then where, where can people find us on the socials, Keith? You know, Instagram at the low key pod. That all right. Well, I'm not certain what we're seeing next. I I hope in the future we're gonna see some Creed three. Uh, but 
if y'all have enjoyed yourselves, like, subscribe, review, uh, write to us, tell us what you like for us to talk about next. Uh, we are taking suggestions. There's plenty of good stuff out there, but it's kind of hard to figure out where to focus our energy. So uh, help us out with that. Um, we'll see y'all on the next one, and we hope y'all have a good next week. Peace. Peace.